Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening what's up guys this is sgr number 22 uh today we are breaking down the los angeles rams playoff team from last year uh main headline for this team this offseason was uh the trade sending jared goff to detroit and getting matt stafford in return major upgrade at the quarterback position i think jared goff's really held this team back over the last three years so that's what we're talking about today with this team we'll see if they can take a step forward after that acquisition uh, one of the bigger offseason moves. Uh, I think they sent like three first-round picks over to, De- to Detroit. Um, this is a team that's been making a lot of trades over the last few years, sending two first-rounders to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey um, about a year or two ago, uh, one of the best young corners, if not the best, in the NFL. Um, so they're very much in a win-now mode. I think Sean McVay and this ownership group realized that, you know, McVay's a good coach. The roster is good. You know, this is a talented team and they have an opportunity to win. They were in a Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago now. Uh, but like I said, you know, just some things in the way, specifically on offense at the QB position. And, you know, with Todd Gurley uh, having his injuries, they weren't able to get over that hill and get the Super Bowl. So they're really trying to get back. And it's pretty obvious with the moves that they've made, uh, you know, with, like I said, being willing to give up, you know, first round picks for, established veteran players to help this team win now rather than building for the future. So they went 10 and six last year, finished second in the division, got the sixth seed in the NFC. They beat the Seahawks in the wild card round 30 to 20 and then lost to the Packers 32 to 18 in the divisional round. Um, The offense was 23rd in points per game. So not great. You expect a Sean McVay offense. Uh, with the you know talent that they have at the skill positions to produce better. Uh, Jared Goff, pretty underwhelming. Only 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions last year. His numbers have um, steadily declined over the last four seasons as NFL defenses get more tape on him. And uh, I mentioned on the Lions episode about Goff, um, you know, teams started – uh, changing coverages and schemes, you know, post-snap. And that really fucked with his head because McVay couldn't diagnose the defense for him. So <clears throat> now that they have Stafford, you know, it's a guy who is going to be a lot better at reading defenses. And <clears throat> just from an execution standpoint, Stafford's so much better than Goff. So like I said, 23rd in points per game, 11th in yards per game, uh, 377 a game. The defense was amazing. First in points per game and yards per game, only allowing 18.5 points per game and 282 yards per game. Um, Crazy statistic, they allowed 23 
yards per game less than the second place defense, who is Washington. So you guys know how good Washington's defense is. Uh, this Rams unit was almost 25 yards per game better. So really stingy defense. Um, they did not finish great in turnover margin, minus three, tied for 21st in the league. I think um, more stability at QB will help that number improve. Coaching staff, um, the guy who was largely responsible for the success of that defense, Brandon Staley, is now the head coach of the Chargers. We talked about him this week. Uh, so new defensive coordinator, Raheem Morris. He's a guy that's been a, on a number of NFL staffs over the last 20 years, going all the way back to a position on the defensive staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from 2002 to 2005 uh, with three Hall of Famers on that defense. Um, Darren Brooks, Warren Sapp, and John Lynch. So he started out there, uh, coached at Kansas State in 2006, then came back to the NFL <clears throat> again with the Buccaneers from 2007 to 2011, uh, was on the Washington staff from 2012 to 2014, and was Atlanta's defensive coordinator the last five years, um, was the interim head coach for Atlanta this past season after Dan Quinn got fired. So that's his background. He's going to be the defensive coordinator for this Rams team, and uh, we'll talk about free agency. <clears throat> a couple of big losses specifically on this defense. So I talked about uh, the defense was the best in the NFL last year, but they lost some key starters and their defensive coordinator. So that's a big question mark for this Rams team. Yes, they upgraded the QB, but they might see some uh, negative regression on defense with some of the personnel changes and the new – defensive coordinator that's big you know whenever you have a a coordinator change like that because Sean McVay is an offensive guy so the personnel biggest loss was strong safety John Johnson got a big contract with the Browns really good player was one of the guys that was kind of all over the field for this uh, Rams defense over the last two three years outside linebacker Samson Ibukam Ibukam uh, he's gone. He was a starter. Cornerback Troy Hill was a starter. He's gone. And then defensive end uh, Morgan Fox also left. And then on offense, tight end Gerald Everett signed with the Seahawks. We talked about him yesterday. Wide receiver Josh Reynolds signed with the Titans. Running back Malcolm Brown, who was a pretty key uh, depth piece in their running back room. Over the last few years, he signed with the Dolphins and uh, quarterback Blake Bortles also left. Uh, key additions, not many transactions, but the big one, obviously, they trade for Matt Stafford, and that's huge. You know, I could spend the whole podcast talking about how big of an upgrade that is, but I think you guys understand my point. I'm really low on Jared Goff, and I think Matt Stafford is a guy that could have had a Hall of Fame career if he wasn't stuck in Detroit for the last 10 years. He's still really young. I think he's only like 32, which is crazy. He's been in the NFL for almost a decade, but he's still young. He could play in LA for another like eight years potentially. And I think this is a great situation for him. He's got the best supporting cast, best coaching staff, you know, best situation for him to actually finally win games um, that he's ever had in his career, just getting out of Detroit. It's really, it's, uh, it's really good for him. 
it's a really great situation uh, for just his career to actually have a chance to, to go to the playoffs and win some games now. Uh, moving on from that, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson signed with the team. We'll talk about him in fantasy, but I don't expect him to have a massive role. Could not stay healthy the last two years in Philadelphia. Um, really the last three, four years of his career have been kind of a waste. He's good for a couple, like, you know, breakaway deep touchdowns a season, but he's been so injury plagued that I just can't get excited about DJX at this point in his career. And they signed the Bills punter, Corey um, Bohorquez. Uh, that's I fucked that one up, but that one's tough. There's like a soft J in there, so whatever. You get, you know, he's a punter. Um, they didn't really re-sign anyone worth talking about. So not that many positive acquisitions this offseason outside of the Matt Stafford trade. But they did upgrade the most important position in football. So it's a big move, but not much else going on. They didn't have much cap room. They've spent a lot of money lately uh, signing guys. They wasted millions of dollars on Todd Gurley's contract. Jalen Ramsey is one of the top paid defenders in the NFL. Aaron Donald is, I think, the top paid defender in the NFL. So um, not a lot of money and not a lot of draft capital either. Like I said, they've made so many trades in recent years that they don't have many draft picks in the early rounds. Talking about the draft, they spent their first pick in the um, – it was a second-round pick, their first of the draft on wide receiver 2-2 Atwell. And, uh, you know, this is a team that uses three receiver sets very often. Josh Reynolds was the third receiver last year. Um, Brandon Cooks was that third receiver for a number of years, and it's been really effective. So I guess they needed a guy to step in to that third receiver. They also have a guy, Van Jefferson, who we'll talk about during fantasy. So there's a lot of guys right now in that wide receiver room competing for that third receiver role and Tutu Atwell is another guy to add to the list. Round three, linebacker Ernest Jones. Round four, defensive lineman Bobby Brown. Round four, defensive back Robert Rochelle. And round four, tight end Jacob Harris. So that's the draft. Not many big names. No first round picks. Strength of schedule is 10th. This team does have a difficult schedule. I will not lie. Playing in the AFC or NFC West is um, always going to be difficult. I talked yesterday about how tough this division is. Uh, they also have some pretty difficult out-of-division opponents. They have to play the Bucs. Uh, they have to play the Packers. They have to play the Ravens. So some tough teams. Titans also, Colts, some tough teams. But <clears throat> I do like this Rams team this year. Their they're, uh, over-under is 10.5 for the win total. Over is plus 110. Under is minus 140. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards the over. I kind of like this. I mentioned it yesterday. I kind of like this team to win the division. I do think they're probably the best team when you take a look at um, – Solid defense. I mentioned losing two, three starters on the defense, but it's a team that has a lot of talent still. Um, they lost 
cornerback Troy Hill, but uh, young corner Darius Williams is expected to take over his role, and he played really well last year. Um, some question marks at the safety position with Johnson leaving, but you know we'll see how it plays out. I don't know much about the guys at safety for this team right now, so that's a concern. But Aaron Donald's still there. Jalen Ramsey's still there. Leonard Floyd's still there. This is a pretty good defensive unit still, um, despite you know the probable natural regression from last year's dominance. Uh, but if you add you know, a, a super talented quarterback in Matt Stafford to this team. I think it does so much for this organization. I think this is a confident organization also. So I'm leaning towards over 10 and a half, and I kind of like the division at plus 150. I think I trust this team this year a little bit more than the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals. I'm not in love with the Cardinals coaching staff, so it's going to be tough for me to buy in, even though they do have a lot of talent on that team. 49ers have been a team that's been good. Uh, a lot of injuries over the last few years. You think they're probably not going 6-10 and 10 again. Um, but I don't know. I just I think this Rams team, to me, is kind of the most stable team right now. And with the upgrade at QB, I think I, I like their odds in this division. The conference is plus 500, and the Super Bowl is plus 900. I kind of wanted to have a Rams Super Bowl ticket this year, but at plus 900, it's just not really that intriguing to me. I think if I'm taking one of these, it's it's the division at plus 150. Conference at plus 500 isn't bad, because I think this is probably a top three team in the NFC this year. Uh, if I had to guess the top three teams, no particular order, Packers, Bucks, Rams in the NFC. 49ers could be dangerous. Seahawks, super consistent team. Vikings will be better this year. Washington, I've told you, is going to be frisky. But I think this Rams team has potential to be top three in the conference, top six in the NFL, and one of those teams that does have a shot to win a championship this year. Uh, if they had Matt Stafford for that Super Bowl against New England, they'd probably win that game because that was one of New England's more underwhelming Super Bowl teams. So they got a shot. It's worth looking at. I probably won't have a bet on the conference of the Super Bowl, but I'm, uh, I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on the division, and I do like the over 10.5 wins. Playoffs, yes, minus 200, no, plus 160. Uh, you know, Eileen, yes, obviously. I just stated that case. I'm not going to be betting minus 200, so it's not really worth talking about much, but those are the odds for you guys. So we'll talk about fantasy. There's a lot of guys to go through here. This is a team that I think represents a lot of fantasy value, especially for the millionth time with the upgrade at the QB position. Jared Goff is a guy that held fantasy value for this team, even though Jared Goff is a fucking stooge playing the quarterback position. So uh, you put Stafford into this offense that's produced, you know, big numbers since McVay's taken over. And I like his output for fantasy this year. He's going around the ninth round-ish in your drafts. You know, obviously these ADPs are going to vary, you know, around here, around there, depending on what league you're in you know, what your draft format is, what your scoring format is, 
who's drafting with you. Is there a Rams fan in the draft that's all in on Stafford this year and is going to jump and take him in the sixth or seventh round? You got to know this kind of stuff. But I like Stafford. He's one of my more, um, I think he's one of the safer late round QB options. He's probably a guy that I will probably start, you know, having to get some shares of. I, I, I think I like the QBs in this range with the, you know, with the Brady's, the Stafford's, the Tannehill's of the world feels safe to me uh starting running back cam Akers is done for the year um i think it's an achilles which is brutal to hear he's a guy i really loved his combine i was pretty interested in him as a potential breakout this year and uh we'll talk about his his backup in a second but what i'm why i'm bringing it up is because i think Anytime you lose your starting running back, uh, it's going to put more of an emphasis on the quarterback, and they might have to pass a little bit more than they intended to this year. Uh, if we rewind about two months ago uh, to the dog days of summer, I was kind of out on Stafford as a fantasy QB. Um, I thought that with the, the the strengths of this defense and the way that McVay really likes to um, – typically have his running backs as the focal point of his offense. You know, going back to the girly days, I thought Stafford's passing volume might be a little low for me to get in on. But as we approach the season, I'm looking at all the receivers they've got on the depth chart. Cam Akers is injured. And the defense isn't as good as last year, so I'm starting to come around more to the concept of Stafford being a pretty good guy to grab as your QB. If you leave, you know, I've talked about a couple guys that could take a big step forward this year with the Jalen Hurts's and the Tua Tagovailoa's of the world. And if you want to, you know, take a Stafford in the ninth or 10th round and then end up with like a Hurts or a Tua or one of the guys that you think can, can break out, even like a Trevor Lawrence at the end of your draft, like, that's a pretty good combo to me. It it Stafford's a, a really safe option at QB. I don't know if you're playing him every week. But I think he's got a ton of fantasy value this year. I'm starting to heat up on him. So we'll go into the running back situation. Daryl Henderson is the guy that's taken over the starting role. He was a third-round pick uh, three years ago. This is going to be his third season. He's going at the back end of the fourth round in your fantasy drafts right now, maybe fifth if you can get him. And it's a starting running back, so it's probably a good value. He is a talented guy. He went to Memphis, like I said, third-round pick by this team. Uh, the thing that is weird for Henderson is that um, he was kind of expected to be Todd Gurley's replacement uh, when they made that transition, and then they the, this team went and spent a second-round pick on Cam Akers. So – it was like, okay, well, we just drafted Henderson, and now we're just we're going to take a guy around earlier next year and invest more draft capital at the running back position. How much does this team really love Henderson? So it's confusing a little bit. He should be a guy that gets a lot of volume this year, but there's two other guys in the running back room that's kind of getting some preseason training camp buzz that I want to mention so you know their names. 
I haven't really done my research on these guys, but they're, they're names that I've heard brought up by other people in the fantasy industry, people that actually get paid to do this stuff and aren't just, you know, recording in their apartment for fun. And uh, the names are Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. So there is, um, you know, there is conversation that there's going to be a role for a second running back in this offense. You know, I just said how, I have concerns over how much this team trusts Henderson to be the workhorse and carry a three down workload. So watch these guys pay attention in the preseason, know the names Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. There's odds that one of them will carve out some sort of role here. Let's get into the receivers. There's five guys to talk about, but three of them are going undrafted. So this will be quick. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are our two guys here, right? Uh, two of the, you know, more consistent. Well, let's not lump them together. Woods, super consistent <clears throat> as a fantasy asset, really great PPR guy, guy that hasn't produced many touchdowns in his uh, career, but is always um, getting the yards and the receptions and giving you a really safe baseline. He's going like fifth round, and I, I, I he's a guy that I, I typically draft like every year in that kind of middle of the round, because I think he's a really safe wide receiver too. If you need to go running back heavy early and then you end up with like, and uh, like in years past, I've loved the situation of having like an AJ Brown and a Robert Woods as your one, two receiver combo, and then trying to stack up at running back. So um, <clears throat> he's a guy I think is safe in the middle of those rounds. I'm fine with targeting either of these receivers uh mentioned number uh, 4000 on this episode they got an upgrade at QB guys so it's going to be good for the receivers Cooper Cup is the younger guy going into I think is like fourth or fifth year at this point he's been around for a minute um inconsistent throughout his career has been electric at times um even went through about a half season stretch 2 years ago where he was a top 5 fantasy receiver uh has produced a lot of touchdowns and a lot of splash plays throughout his career Probably the higher upside of these two guys, if you want to take a shot on one of these two guys to really catapult himself into the next tier of receiver, it's definitely Cup. He's going late fourth. Uh, so, you know, ba you know, very similar spot to Woods. Um, I do like the upside of Cup more. So I, I'm totally in on taking the shot on Cup this year. I think he's really talented, and I like him as your wide receiver too also. I just think Woods is the safer pick. Cup is the higher upside but there's, there are games, there have been games where Cup completely disappears at times. So it's kind of similar to Tyler Lockett in a sense that I talked about yesterday where, you know, if you draft a guy that's going to be more volatile from week to week, understand that and plan accordingly with the rest of your roster. Get some guys that are known to be a little bit more safe and consistent to balance out that volatility. Three receivers that we're going to run through quick. Van Jefferson, guy that was getting reps last year, young guy, uh, third receiver on the depth chart right now. I talked about how the third receiver will have a role for this team, so he's a guy to keep your eyes on. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, um, not worth drafting. Tutu Atwell, rookie receiver. You know, Van Jefferson's probably got a leg up on him right now as far as, you know, coming into that third receiver role. So those are the guys to be aware of. Just not really spending much time there. And then the tight end, I am interested here for fantasy. Tyler Higby is the starting tight end. 
Uh, they have a couple other guys on the depth chart. I mentioned they drafted Jacob Harris. They have a guy, Johnny Munt, on the depth chart. I'm only bringing them up because this is an offense that's used a lot of multiple tight ends in the past years. I've talked about Gerald Everett you know, being gone. So one of these guys will probably see the field a little bit this season. But Higby's the only guy that's going to have any fantasy relevance, and I really do like his ADP. He's going super late, like 10th, 11th round in your drafts this year. And that's a lot of the times where I like to target tight ends because you don't have to invest much in the draft capital. If he sucks, it's easy to move on from. You can stream. You can pick other guys up. You can play the week week in, week out matchup game with tight ends. It's basically just a weekly bet who's going to score a touchdown that week. You get burnt on it sometimes, but it's a strategy I've been comfortable with in the last few years. Actually worked out really well for me in the Dutch Master two years ago, uh, streaming tight ends, and I stumbled upon Jared Cook um, around like week 10, week 11 of the season. Uh, and he went on a fucking fire run in New Orleans, was catching like two touchdowns every week, and I won a fantasy championship streaming tight ends with Jared Cook. So it happens sometimes. Um, Higby, again, I like post-type sleeper, a lot of excitement last year. He was being overdrafted, in my opinion, last year, and I was completely out. I was calling my shot last year. Tyler Higby and Hayden Hurst were the two big tight end busts that I was avoiding everywhere last year, and it worked out pretty well. Higby had a couple big games. He had a three-touchdown game against Philly, but Philly was the worst in the NFL at covering tight ends last year. But what I'm saying, post-hype sleeper, overdrafted last year, disappointed people. Now we're getting him at a value. His situation has only improved. He got an upgrade at QB2, you know? It works for everybody on this offense. Also, Gerald Everett's gone. So that takes away, you know, the fact that Everett was, you know, taking away volume and targets from the tight end position. Everett's gone, and it's the Higby show. And I really like him if you can get him late in your drafts. I think he's a, a really safe late round tight end. I, I talked about Noah Fant on the on the Broncos episode. I think Noah Fant is arguably a top five physical talent at tight end in the NFL, but he doesn't have as good of a situation uh, with the expected target volume, you know, the percentage of, um, you know, looks that he's going to get in that offense compared to all the receivers he's competing with. I think Higby is a much more safe option that's going to see, you know, more consistent targets and plenty of red zone looks. And you can get Higby three or four rounds later than Noah Fan. So that's just an example of how I'm viewing the tight end landscape this year. <clears throat> and that's it, guys. I'm wrapping that up. So fun episode. I like this division. These This is why I, I switched the order because I was getting kind of anxious to talk about these Western divisions. So a lot of fun with these ones. We're going to be doing the Cardinals and the 49ers to wrap it up. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you again for listening. And ramble on.